0: Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drash, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I am here on a beautiful spring morning at the exquisite Isabella Friedman Retreat Centre, the Jewish Retreat Centre in Connecticut. And in the background there are a lot of very noisy geese singing their morning chorus maybe even davening shakhri, their morning prayers and I'm sitting here with a new friend someone I just met this week uh, a wonderful soul Chazan uh, Sabrina Sajana who uh, is a spiritual leader for uh, Revit's House and a co-convener for the DMV chapter of the Jewish Multicultural Network but that's those are just things she does she's really uh, a soul who brings a lot of inspirational facilitation and empowerment. I've seen how she really holds other people up in in a very beautiful way. And um, we've just been talking about the sort of idea of tokenism and I wanna just be aware of that kind of language. But uh, Sabrina is uh, a Jew of color and I've met a few very wonderful leaders, Jews of color this week. And Sabrina's one of them. And I thought we'd just have a little conversation and maybe reflect on some of the issues of, of otherness that, that we see so often throughout our Torah. But first, just good morning. It's lovely to see you and be with you.
1: Good morning. It's, I'm so happy to be with you.
0: I want to just start by just saying something about how you how you see the world in this moment. Well, being here,
1: especially for the last few days, I see the world as an amazing place. It's been really sweet to be here with people that I know and love and people that I'm getting to know and also feeling a collegial relationship with people that I haven't felt before. It's been very sweet. and Part of it is Isabella Friedman, but part of it is also the opportunity to share deeply and when we run into each other, we're often on our way to or on our way from or in a meaning about and there's no space for being personal. And, and talking about where it hurts.
0: Mm.
1: You know, and also about what our hopes are. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: What are some of your hopes?
1: Oh, I am absolutely certain that after we continue to fail to do the things that we are supposed to be do as human beings in terms of loving one another and taking care of one another, that ultimately we will get to a place when we will love one another and take care of one another and be the Mashiach on earth so that the Mashiach can arrive
0: Amen mm, to that <laughs> So I want to like, just steer a little bit so we're we're in this cycle of Torah in the book of Vayukra, Leviticus, where these concepts of Tame and Tahor come up again and again. The idea of in, at certain times in our lives, or maybe certain types of people are kind of Tahor, pure on the inside, and when you're Tame, you're sort of in a. Pure and impure are not the right concepts at all, but they, you know, something about being in a spiritually. Fit place and the spiritually unfit place, and there are times when people, when they're tame, when they're—I'm just going to say the word tame, which sometimes oh. is mistranslated as impure outside the camp, and some, sometimes people are in camp. Do you have any reflections about those those concepts, and possibly how it relates to um, being on the margins and being a Jew of color, where people see you differently um, a lot of the time?
1: This actually is one of my favorite uh, parsha. Has, I agree that the translation of pure and impure is is not accurate. And there's I don't know if there's ever a way to accurately. But I do like the idea of being spiritually pure or spiritually in connection and then spiritually out of connection. And so being able to be spiritually close and then other times being spiritually, having to be sp- spiritually different because of circumstances in some ways it speaks to the rhythms of life however what I love about it is that all states are temporary that we can only achieve that kind of special closeness to God when we let go of a lot And when we are able to let go of so many of those same things, we can have a moment of being very close to another human being. And when we allow a bunch of other stuff to cloud our minds, that's the point in which we are outside the camp. We're distant from the person. Often we're distant from ourselves. And And there are rituals, and therefore there are... Paths back to that state of being connected, of being close. And what I see that for, in terms of how we treat one another, for whatever reasons, because there are lots of ways in which people who are not, this is not just in the Jewish community, but writ large, people who are not white male and heterosexual that if that's the norm there's a lot of us who are who are outside the camp and so how that changes is the more we learn the more we recognize our own biases and that our assertions and certitudes are part of what keeps us away from one another. And what I mean by that is, I look at you and I'm already writing a story about who you are and what you are about. If I recognize it's a story that I'm creating that has no basis in reality, I still leave room for you to show up. Mm. If I'm acting as if all the things I have assessed about you are true, those become certitudes. And therefore, there's no room for you to show up. So it's much more about... not. It's not about me being outside. It's about the person who is assessing me and acting as if everything they have assessed about me is true, who is outside. So I still have room to show up if I choose. So that's one of the ways in which I look at it and have come to appreciate it. And part of it is I I've also know what the halacha says, is that I'm here. And so it doesn't matter how I got here, I'm here. I'm here in this Jewish space. And therefore, no one's to, supposed to ask. I'm happy to reveal once I get to know you.
0: Huh.
1: And that's a very different way to look at it. And I used to think that I had to explain and what changed was not just learning about the halacha, but self-care. It's like because people would get their curiosity settled, and then they were gone. So these are not people who are interested in being in relationship with me. Hmm. So the first entry question is not a stop; however, it is a pause. And what I mean by that is, so if you were to ask me. How are you Jewish? One of my responses might be, I'm fine Jewish, how are you?
0: (laughs) How are you Jewish?
1: (laughs) And if it's a more direct question about, well, uh, were you born Jewish? or you to convert? I would go to halakha and say, you're not, no, you're not supposed to ask, which most people don't know that. And usually it it's a good, a good conversation. Some people are st- still incensed because they believe they have a right to know. And I'm really clear that they don't. And so whatever is going on with them, I don't take on. Hmm. And again, so they're in a, pl- a place of, of being outside, and I'm still inside me. I'm not being pulled away from who I am.
0: Do you sense that that experience is shared among other Jews of color that you, that you, um, are, you know, in community with?
1: Oh, yes. There are so many both sweet and horror stories. Yeah. Uh, so yes, it's very common. And the, and the, it starts with the assumption, the certitude, that all Jews are white. And we know that all Jews are not white. (laughs) Yes. It starts with the assumption and the certitude, which is not just a problem in the Jewish community, but with the broader global community in terms of looking at the text and assuming the, that all of the people who are talked about in that in that text are white, and we know they are not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, ch- shifting our minds. To cover what we know to be true now, as opposed to what we were, the assumptions that we grew up with, changes how I relate to the world and how I relate to other people. And I invite other people into looking at their assumptions, their certitudes, and having the opportunity to move away from that.
0: That is a very important invitation, whoever we're in front of. Amen. I'm just, um, I am a, a, a curious though, of course, because the relationship uh, between the Jewish community and the African-American community is, is pretty complicated. There's lots of um, fantasy about narratives of the past and, and awkwardness about narratives of the present. And just wondering how you sort of move between those two worlds and how you, how you embrace both identities.
1: Well, actually, I embrace both identities because they live inside me. What is problematic, again, is the, the assertions and assumptions on both sides. In terms of the African-American community that has always seen the presentation of Jews as white until fairly recently, and the problems within the, the Jewish community that has forgotten its deeper roots and its longer roots. and. What's also, there's a missing history. And, and most people know about the NAACP and, and the involvement of Jews in the, the founding of that. They know about Heschel and the, and his involvement with the civil rights movement. What most people. Just, just
0: a moment, just for people who don't know, mm-hmm. Abraham, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who famously marched next to Martin Luther King Jr. at the Selma. The summer, March. Yes.
1: What most people do not know, and I've only recently uncovered myself, is that there's a long history of writing and scholarship between the African-American community and the Jewish community. A lot of it is housed at Howard University. And there's papers, but there's also articles in Crisis Magazine, which was the name of the magazine of the NAACP for many many decades and so there's always been a conversation between us and there's been an opportunity to try and come to different understandings and to work better together and most of them have failed and yet what I love in terms of what little bit I've been uncovering is that we never stop trying so because I, there is a belief there is that there is an affinity and I think that part of what has been missing is a broader understanding of what that affinity is
0: so how do you understand the affinity
1: the affinity is is that the people of the book probably don't look like any of us al- who are alive now and yet they reflect all of us who are alive
0: now Ooh, wow Say that again.
1: The people of the book probably didn't look like any of us who are alive now, and yet they reflect
0: all of us who are alive now. Wow, that's so powerful, and that really does lift up other people who feel on the margin. We talked about inside and outside the camp, and you and I have been here this week, which, you know, for Jewish space feels pretty diverse. We have rabbis and, you know, spiritual leaders from really across the Jewish community. I know. From really you know very orthodox to I mean everything I don't even want to say the labels but right. you know there are all the labels are represented here and you know um, a trans a trans woman and uh, you know people from the LGBTQ community Jews of color so it, it does feel like as much as Jewish space can feel diverse it feels diverse and so in what you, that beautiful thing that you just said, we're, everyone here is, is represented even though we, none of us look like the people <laughs> of the book. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you feel like the, the whole, um, the whole kind of, uh, politics of, you know, a- anybody who feels marginalised connecting to and, um, feeling, um, Alliance to other people who feel marginalised. I mean, is that is that a real has that been a real a real um, a real thing for you?
1: Yes, it has been. I mean, sometimes
0: it's uh, sort of intersectionality that whole concept, but I, but sometimes that gets very messy. I think.
1: Uh, well, that's interesting. You should bring up intersectionality because um, uh, for a while I was describing myself as a as a woman with Roots in Many Gardens. Most recently, I've been saying, I'm claiming my intersection. <laughs> <laughs> because I come from very complicated roots in my in terms of my own family. We are, on my dad's side, uh, my great grandmother was Cherokee. Notice I said specifically who she was as opposed to saying Native American, yeah. and that's important. Yeah. Uh, I have spent time with Cherokee teachers and have learned some of those traditions, and I love how beautifully they—they I'm allowed to have them be part of my Jewish identity, and I know from my DNA that I that I actually have a little bit of the globe and of, of every part of the globe inside of me, and I what I love about that is. Not that I can represent Asians or anybody else, but knowing culturally who I am and knowing the story of my DNA, it really is true that I belong everywhere. And when I belong everywhere, I also belong nowhere. And that's not a negative. That is an invitation for me to, to choose how I show up and to be pure. And totally immersed, Mm. and also saying, this this for me doesn't feel right, and being able to withdraw if that's Mm. what I choose.
0: Beautiful, and that is part of the Jewish story. You know, there's that Yiddish that Yiddish term, Luftmensch. Like we're just we're sort of like people of the air. We drift around ever since the you know the diaspora. I want to we'll come to a close soon, but I'm I'm um, at the beginning of this retreat. you, You sort of came out as a writer. Yes. And so h- how can people uh, who might want to read some of your beautiful writing find it? Uh?
1: There's a couple things. I actually have a website. It's Sabrinasojourner.net. Uh, and most recently, I have a couple of uh, commentaries in the Washington Jewish Week, and we'll have another one coming up soon. And they're all Torah commentaries. And there I have a couple of books coming out. One in the fall. And it's called God Went Looking for Me.
0: Oh, and you you shared some of that last night. Yes. Beautiful. Sabrina, it has been really so lovely getting to know you and meeting you and thank you for this conversation. Any any final final message you would like to say or blessing for anyone who's listening in?
1: We all belong. Because we're all created in Betzelem Elohim. And I do believe that Betzelem Elohim is much more accurate because it doesn't matter who we... It's not about gender or any of the other things that we assign to one another. We are all created by the divine.
0: Beautiful. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much. I I hope we run into each other again soon.
1: Me too. Thank you for this. Thank
0: you. Thank you for listening to A Dash and Drush. We will see you next time.